Today, I want to jump right into today's message because there is so much. And I got to tell you, um, it's days like this where I'm so excited about the message, but at the same time, I, I get nervous about the message because as a human, I want to be able to convey to you the pictures and the sentiments that God is pressing in my heart around this text. So I ask that you pray with me and for me today so that we can excavate and get all out of this text. I don't even have enough time to deal with all the nuances in this text. And sometimes I say to the Holy Ghost, why would you show me that and not give me enough time to preach it? I mean, you know, it is what it is. But hopefully just the spirit in the room would allow you to go back and read this text and read between the lines here of what uh, Jesus is saying in this particular text. This text is quite familiar. So the reason I want to jump in so fast is because I got to read to you this whole conversation and this whole conversation is uh, rather long. I, even, I hate to tell you how many verses because you feel like, oh, that's a lot of verses. But it's, come on, a verse could be just like three words, could be a verse, but it's 30, 30 verses today. <clears throat> and I want to tell you the story and we'll go back and, and pull out. So let's pray together real quick and then we'll jump in. Father, speak to us in your word. Allow us to see your revelation. Think through my mind. Speak through my mouth. Give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Very familiar verse here. Um, we often call this verse the woman at the well. So I know you are familiar with it. Many of you have heard it. Um, do not take for granted that you already know what I'm going to say. Because truth of it is, some of it, I don't know what I'm going to say. The Lord's going, as we get to certain nuggets in the story, the Lord's going to talk to you. Um, for those of you that have never heard it, don't get turned off by the fact it's 30 verses because it's a riveting story. All right? It's better than some of the, the reality of foolishness that we watch. So here it is. Therefore, <laughs> John 4 and 1 says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had baptized more disciples than John, though he himself did not, but the disciples, he left Judah and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. So I don't have to come up, up here and get this out of here no more. Yeah. Y'all got it, right? <laughs> okay. I just got tickled because I could see her saying, that, ooh, give me this. I'm tired of coming over here. I don't want this no more. Give me, let me have this. The editors had to make it all nice and pretty. But she's like, let me have it. Okay, so uh, verse 16 says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman said, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, well, I have no woman. I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one 
whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you have spoken truly. And the woman said, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem, this is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, but we worship, uh, but we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers <clears throat> will worship the Father in spirit and, and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, but when he comes, she says, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus says to her, hey, <laughs> You see, y'all see that, that app, I mean, that, uh, that meme that says, guess who's doing whatever? And it's pointing, it says, this guy, that's what Jesus said. Guess who the Messiah is? This guy. He says, I'm the one. Amazingly, at this point, his disciples turned around, they, they got back, and uh, they marveled and that he was talking to a woman. Yet no one said anything. Nobody said to him, why are you talking to her? Okay? And so the woman left her water pot, went into the city and said to the men, come see a man <laughs> who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. So far, our scripture reading today. Let's go further in this, in our conversations. As we approached, y'all got time for me, somebody? Okay, good. As we approached, our, the beginning of this series, we talked about the man at the pool who was lame. And the text said that Jesus came to him and asked him, will thou be made whole? We looked at the one last week and we saw that Nicodemus comes to Jesus, but we also lifted out of that text that before uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, that Nicodemus sees the signs that Jesus performed. And I told you that Jesus started that conversation with some nonverbal communication, getting his attention. What's good to know about both of those stories is that Jesus starts out in this conversation with them, addressing their needs. The man at the pool, do you want to be made whole? Nicodemus wanted to know more about this Jesus. He wanted to know, how, 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 who are you? What's up? So he had a need for information. Jesus addresses their needs. But in today's conversation, the approach of Jesus is different. In this text, we see something that we rarely see. We see in this text that Jesus approaches this woman not looking at her needs first, but exposing his own. It's rare in the text that we see Jesus exposing his own needs. The text starts off by saying that he needed to go through Samaria. The text goes on to say that he sat on the side of the well because he was tired and he needed rest. Goes on to say that he asked this woman for a drink of water because he was thirsty and he needed water. I think this is so amazing that Jesus would expose his needs in order to meet hers. Think about it. So, he sits on the well. His disciples go into town to see if they can find a cookout. So they go in town to get some food. I say cookout. They go to get a cookout because cookout you can get a, you can feed a lot of people with a little bit of money at cookout. So that's what I'm saying. They went and cookout is everywhere. So surely they had to be a cookout in Samaria. So they go in town, 
Jesus sits by the well. Now listen, 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 listen. That's why I tell you so much stuff in this text because as I was studying this, I got misty because Jesus was willing to break the rules to get to this woman. He was a Jew in Samaria. The Jews and Samaritans did not connect because they had worshiping differences. But not only was she a, Jew, a Samaritan, he a Jew, she was a woman. In that day, a man, not even a husband, could talk to his wife in public. So Jesus was willing to kick down social barriers because of what this woman needed. So she's coming up to the well with a water pot on her head at 12 noon. It's the hottest part of the day. The women, see, the text said it was a six hour, okay? Because the day started at six in the morning. It's six hours later, it's 12 noon. All of the women of the area had already been to the water because they go get their water for washing their clothes, for cooking, for just drinking water early in the morning because it's too hot to go out there at noon. And here comes this woman at noon alone. It was the sheer fact that she came at noon says that there was something broken in her relationships because she had nobody to come out there with her and all the other women had gone early. What is it that she's not a part of the community? Why is she not a part of the community? Well, we find out later in the text what's going on with her. I'm amazed at how Jesus interrupts her life. She is out there the hottest part of the day to avoid dealing with people. Because whenever she walks through the town, everybody look at her. There she go. You know how many husbands she done had? You know she over there living with Leroy. <laughs> and they look at her with despair. Listen. And this woman walks miles at the hottest part of the day so that she doesn't have to deal with broken relationships and people talking about her. So she has planned her day, and Jesus interrupts it. Let me say this. Jesus plans his interruptions. It's amazing to me because when Jesus interrupts, he interrupts with purpose. He never interrupts without a purpose. Luke 8 tells about a time that he was walking, headed somewhere else, and as he uh, was walking down the street, he encountered a funeral. And this dude was dead. It's called the widow Nain's son. And Jesus just so happened to walk up on the funeral. Try to like Riri's funeral. Eight hours long, pink Cadillacs for days. Jesus trying to cross the street, and he runs into the casket. And when he interrupts, he stops the funeral. The text says he goes to the coffin and touches the man, and the man gets up. Because whenever Jesus interrupts your life, he interrupts with a purpose, and the purpose is to bring life to something that is dead. He's, it, listen, the fact that he's just sitting at the well at this time of the day says we're having a conversation before we even started talking. Because I, listen, I love the fact that Jesus arranged his needs around the needs of the woman. What do you mean? It's amazing to me that Jesus is conveniently thirsty when this woman is lonely. <laughs> She's by herself in the heat. She don't have people to, you know, if you got to get hot and walk a long ways, it's good to at least have some conversation. Have somebody to take your mind off the fact that I got a long walk and it's the middle of the day. And this woman now is thirsty. She is coming to get her needs met at the source of water. 
And Jesus is conveniently thirsty at the time that she is lonely. I want to tell y'all something. Whenever Jesus exposes his, need, exposes his needs, he is doing that so he can meet yours. Hear me. I want you to hear me because we miss that in church today. When we say stuff like we're going into the community to be a blessing to somebody, that's Jesus exposing his needs. So when you get over there to help build a house, he can meet yours. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. Y'all not hear. Because Jesus, when he exposes his needs, he exposes them not because he can't meet them. He exposes them just so he can have something in common with you. Because he's going to get his needs met. But he wants to meet your needs. And whenever he interrupts your life and exposes his needs, he does it because he wants to meet yours. So now... He comes up here, this woman approaches, and he starts talking to her, and he says, hey, can you give me something to drink? This woman says, what? Who, who are you talking to? You're talking to me? How is it that you, a Jewish man, asking me, a Samaritan woman, for something? What's the deal? He intrigues this woman because he is breaking the rules in a whole bunch of ways because he wants to get to the end result. So he says, I want something to drink. Can you give me something? And she's like, I, I don't even see how you can fix your mouth to do that. He says to her, if you knew who was asking you, we'd flip the script on this conversation and you'd be asking me. I love it because, uh, go to the next verse. He says, you'd ask me, go to the next one. Because he said, I'm going to give you some water that will cause you never to thirst again. If you look at the next, this line right here in 11, the woman says to him, sir, listen. Jesus is having such a conversation with this woman that it moves from place to place. Because when the conversation started, she said she called him a Jew. Now she transitions to sir. Because he's speaking something that's getting her attention. He's speaking some spiritual language that she don't totally understand, but she realizes this is more than just a Jewish dude. He's not trying to holler at me. So we go from being a Jew to being a dude. You'll find out later in the conversation that she says, I perceive you are a prophet. So now he's a prophet. Now he goes on later in the conversation and we realize that, hey, this guy could be the Messiah. Because when you talk to Jesus, when he reveals himself to you, you get to know him at a different place. I want you to understand something. As a Christian, you cannot go through your life not having conversations with Jesus because if you don't talk to him, you don't know him. And the little bit of conversation, she has gone from Jew to sir. Sir, you, you, you don't have anything to dip with. And the deep is, and the well is deep. What it says? He says, sir, you have nothing to draw with. So now what we're finding is Jesus had another need. Watch this. I love it how the conversation starts. He exposes the need. But as the conversation moves forward, she sees the need. Let me tell you something. A part of your spiritual growth is that God has to stop telling you what he needs and you have to start seeing that this is what needs to be done around here. Let me do it. I can tell when saints are matured because you have to stop asking them to come and they just see it and they do it. Mm -hmm. we, don't like, we don't like that talk. We don't like that talk. See these cups right here? The first week, we had these cups on the, on the table. But Wanda Jones saw that this table was bare. And she said, ask Pastor what kind of cups he want on here. Oh, no, no, no. She said she was going to go get some. She got some and got uh, more than what we need. And she's like, Pastor, put pick. I was like, child, I ain't got time to be. I got to preach. I ain't got time to pick mugs. You, what? But I didn't ask her. She saw it. And the closer you get to God in your, your, your uh, relationship with him, he reveals to you what his needs are, and then you can grow from there and start seeing, hey, this needs to be done. Let me pick up this trash. 
hey, this needs to be done. Let me get here and help them set up. It's a, it's a part of the maturing process from the Jew to the sir. From the, I give me a drink of water to, I see that you don't have anything to draw with. And this well is deep. I love the fact that she saw that he didn't have a ladle, but she later in the text becomes that ladle. Let's keep, let me, let me keep talking. So anyway, because I, I want to get out of here early because it's the holiday and I know y'all ready to eat some ribs. So here's the other thing I like about this text. Jesus understands this woman's moral state, but it didn't stop him from revealing his needs to her. It didn't stop him from telling her, hey, I have a need. I, I know your background, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but I got some needs, and I'm okay with talking to you about it. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. I'm okay with talking to you about what I need. You know what that says to me? That regardless of where you are in your Christian walk, maybe you've not decided to serve Jesus yet. Jesus still wants to have a conversation with you. Only church people don't want to talk to sinners. Christians will talk to them all day. Can't get no talk right there. I can't get no talk right there. I, I had a conversation the other day, uh, Wednesday night, with Cynthia Tuck. And we were talking about there's a lady, a homeless lady that, that, you know, she has a heart for. We don't know what her spiritual condition is. We just know that she has a physical need. And I love the fact that, you know, Cynthia said, well, I see that she smokes, but it looked like she got enough cigarettes. She wasn't turned off by the fact that the lady smoked. Seemed to me like if she needed to buy her some cigarettes, she would have been okay with that. Because Jesus will meet people where they are. It's just church people that want other folk to be perfect. Can I encourage you today? to be a Christian and not a churchgoer? Yes. Can, I, can I talk to you like that? Because churchgoers walk by people. Christians will stop and talk to them. That's what Christ did with this woman. So not only did he tell her the issues, I like the fact that if you look at the scene, nobody is in the scene but Jesus and her. He waited to the right moment. He sent his boys on. We don't need a crowd for this. I want to talk to her one-on-one. -on -one. You know, we've been talking about uh, the Wednesday night reload, about this whole notion of prayer and how important spending time with God is. Let me tell you this. You never mature to a, a place where you see Jesus differently, that you discern his needs. You do not grow to that place if you don't have some alone time with him. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know. You know, I'm still struggling. I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I, I want to get my life together before I start doing that. Jesus ain't waiting on that. He don't, listen, he ain't stressed about your life. He just want to talk to you because he got what he needs, what you need for your life to be changed. And I like the fact that Jesus didn't put this lady on front street. You know how we do. I just feel like we need to all go around and have an intervention. And then be putting secret codes online, talking about people's business and stuff. You talk about, you know, uh, people. You know, it's funny how, how we, uh, we try to code it by saying people. Jesus said, nobody needs to be here. Let me just talk to her. So he talks to her. And he says, I need a drink. She goes through this whole, hey, we got some, some racial issues happening here. We got some, uh, some uh, religious issues happening here. How? Can you talk to me about this? And he says, if you understood who I was, you'd be wanting to talk to me about this. She starts discerning a little bit, goes from Jew to sir. And she says to him, you know, you don't have anything to draw with. And so the conversation, put that text back up for me. Mm-hmm. Go to 12, please. So she starts talking to him about this water that he's talking about. And she says, I know the history of this well. Are you greater than Jacob who gave us this well? And since you are, I tell you what, let me have some of this water. Now, now since you're talking about giving water that I'll never have to come to this well again, that means I ain't got to walk through town 
and deal with people who look at me dirty, who talk about me when I walk back, walk by. I don't have to go through and deal with the church people who keep talking down to me. If you can give me this water, Jesus, I don't ever have to come over here again. She didn't even know what Jesus was talking about. But she just realized that, I don't know who this guy is, but if you can give me this water, and I don't have to come out to this well at 12 o'clock no more, I'll be a happy guy. She then, go to the next verse. Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water, you never have to come. He said, I'm going to give you a fountain on the inside. Now listen, I, I can understand where she's coming from. Because if you've ever been thirsty and went to a water fountain, you just feel like, oh, this water is so good. You know, as a kid, we used to go to water fountain. You know, before the world started having bottled water and we feel like everything else is nasty now. Keep, keep going to the next one. Y'all, okay, okay. Because at my, at my house, mama said, y'all can't come in here, turn on the water hose. Well, the water hose was the best water ever. And then we fuss and be like, hey, man, hey, it's somebody else's turn. Because you sitting there drinking, then you put it over your head, then you drink again, then you put it over your head. Because it, at that moment, you owned the water hose. And what this woman is really saying is, if I can get a water hose inside of me, I ain't got to deal with this no more. Uh, keep going. Four, uh, 15. I'm trying to get to. Here it is. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. The conversation is about to go deeper. Because all Jesus needs is the ask. Can I tell y'all something? In this conversation, she didn't have the ask right. Her motive wasn't right because she didn't understand it. But Jesus only needs an ask in order to go deeper. You know what I'm saying? See, that's why he says, ask me, I'll give you wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask me, because I got it, I'll give it to you freely. Because you don't always know what to ask for or why to ask for it. You just, sometimes you got to say, Lord, tell me what to ask for. So then when I ask for it, I know you got my back. I just want to know what to ask for. But then sometimes our ask is wrong. But as long as we're asking, he can tweak it. Because what the woman said was, I just want this water. I want it for the wrong reasons, but I want it. He says, all I need you to do is want it. And I'm ready to go deeper with you. It was at the ask that he said to her, go get your husband. You know, I'm thinking, Jesus, play too much. We're talking about water. At a well. What my husband got to do with this? He said, go, go get your husband, and then y'all come here. She says, I have no husband. It is at that moment that the Holy Ghost starts laying pipe work for a new fountain in her life. Because listen, what Jesus really wanted to get to was if you want to go deeper, because now we're talking about a well that was deep. And remember, he says, sir, she says, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. And what Jesus wanted to use her as a tool to draw, but what he was going to draw from was deep. And in order for her to get to the deep places, she had to tell the truth about where she was. <laughs> because this is a conversation where Jesus says, if we're going to go deep, which I need to go deep, we're, at, we're here at this deep well. The Bible says that if you go back and read it, that Jacob uh, uh, dug this well was over 100 feet deep because he knew the deeper he dug, there would always be water in the well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Jesus says, if you want water that springs up into everlasting life, you got to go deep. And if you're going to go to deep, we got to have truth. And here's the problem. Most of us don't want to have conversations with Jesus that brings us to a place of looking at ourselves with a true lens. Because we see, we don't want to dig deep. We want to live shallow and point at everybody else. Because I don't have to go deep to point at you. 
I can live a shallow surface life and talk about you. Oh, I can't get no talk right here. Because see, that's what we do. That's what we do. Instead of having conversations with Jesus, we have conversations with our friends about other people. And it's funny how we always get the friends who never tell us about us. Think about it. You don't have many friends that'll tell you about you. You may have one or two out of 15. Everybody else is yes. Everybody else is girl, I'm with you. Very few of your friends will tell you you wrong and you stupid. Very few of your friends will tell you you lying and you know it. Oh, I can't get to talk. Because Jesus says, in order for us to go deep, listen, I need you to be truthful about the broken place in your life. Go get your husband. It was at that place where the woman had to make a decision. Are we going to keep talking or am I going to get my water and go on by my business? Because I can leave you sitting right here thirsty. Go get your husband. She was already in a deeper place. Because remember now, she's no longer calling him Jew. She's calling him sir. And sir has asked me something that I got to be honest about. It's my question. Are you ready to talk to Jesus honestly about where you are? No, no, no. I'm not talking about where I am. Are you ready to talk to him about where you are? Because that's what he's asking. He wants you to get another uh, expression, another revelation of himself in you, but it happens at the place of truth. Go get your husband. She says, sir, I don't have no husband. I love Jesus because Jesus is different from us. Think about this. If we had asked somebody that, go get your husband, and they said, I don't have no husband, you know what we would do? Now, tell us why you don't have no husband. <laughs> How many husbands you had? Listen, listen, Jesus, I love him because Jesus says, I just need you to open up enough for me to get a foot in the door. Because when she said, I have no husband, you know what he said? You said right. And he said, I know this is hard for you. I ain't going to make you say the rest because I know it's hard. Because when you start telling the truth about you, it's hard. When you start getting to the real stuff where you say, Lord, I'm lazy. Lord, I'm selfish. Lord, I talk too much. Lord, I spend too much time doing other stuff. Lord, I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I got demons. I drink, Lord. I smoke weed. Lord, see, we, we don't want to come with all of that because it gets hard. I cuss Jesus while I praise you in my head. I'm cussing. Oh, come on. Y'all looking at me crazy. Don't look at me like that. You in here, Lord, I love you. You be talking about people. What the hell is you coming here so late? <laughs> he, he said to her, you have said well. You have spoken truly that you don't have a husband. He says, now, let's deal with the real, and I know it's hard for you, but I, let me tell you what the real is about your life, because it's hard for you, and you might be a little embarrassed to give it all to me. But you're missing the fact that I have cleared the stage. Ain't nobody here but me and you. That's what he wants. That's why he wants you to pull away and have quiet time with just you and him so y'all can be real about you. Come on. Old school church would be like, tell in front of the church, tell everybody what you did. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't how Jesus operated. Because what that did, what that kind of stuff did to people was set a seed of shame. And when the seed of shame takes root in your life, you spend your life trying to please people so you don't get embarrassed. And now you're over into being a people pleaser and now you're performing, never living at the core of who you really are. Jesus says, I want to I talk to you, ma'am, and I want to talk to you in a way that ain't nobody around. That's how he operated. The woman who was caught in adultery and everybody dragged her to the city square and says, hey, since you the rabbi, what we do with her? 
We caught her in the act. Jesus does not address her first. He says, let him who was without sin cast the first stone. And he waited. First thing he says to the woman, ma'am, daughter, where are your accusers? Nobody's around. Just me and you. Let's talk about it. Because that's why he wants you to have time by yourself. You're worried about what people think about you. Jesus says, I want to give you a platform where ain't nobody around to think about you. I just want to talk to you. You'll be honest with me. She says, yes, you're right. I don't have a husband. He says, good. Glad you said that. Let me kick that door open a little bit more. I know it's hard for you. You've had five. And the one that you're with is not yours. So this woman goes deeper into the relationship and says, no longer a Jew, no longer a sir. And she says, I perceive you are a prophet. Now watch, watch. People talk bad about the woman because they say at this moment in the conversation, she starts talking about worship. Our fathers worship on this mountain. And people say, oh, now he done start told her business. She tried to switch the subject. No, ma'am, no, sir. She's talking same subject because Jesus has dug deep to a place where she can connect with the truth. And this woman now understands that real worship happens at the place of truth. And she says, now, since you've gotten me to deal with my truth, my, pro my appropriate response to truth is to find out where do I worship? Because she understood in her faith tradition that you just didn't worship where you were. You had to go to a certain place to worship. So what she's asking Jesus now in this conversation is, since you've helped me be real with me, my appropriate response is to worship you. And now she's really asking him, where do I go to worship? Because you just changed my life. You just made me confess some of the junk that's been going on in my life. Because I've been hiding all my husbands from the people. But I realized that the people knew that's why they're talking about me. But me and them ain't never talked about it. So my truth has never come to the surface. My truth has never come to the surface. And I love Jesus because her truth didn't have to come to the surface in the community. It just needed to come to the surface with him. <laughs> Jesus will get us free if we'll talk to him. Tell him what you saw as a kid that broke you. Tell him what you heard about your parents that hurt you at your core. Tell him who touched you at a place that'll make you never trust another person. Tell him how you really felt as a kid. He wants it. See, when he puts the fountain in, Water has a way of making the heaviest thing float. <sighs> Bye again. Have you seen, have you seen, have, have you seen the, the footage of the floods, how the flood waters came and went by the car dealership and the cars that weigh tons starts floating? That's why he wanted to deal with her at the well, because if I can get to your core and put my river inside of you, the stuff that you've been carrying around that's been weighing you down will float to the surface of your life and I will scrape it off. He says, you've had five, the one you're with. And she says, hey, tell me what to worship. And he says, I'm glad you're talking about that now. Let's be honest. He said, the bottom line is y'all people don't know what you worship. Your worship is from the Jews. And he's saying that because he is the Messiah. He is a Jew. And he says, it's all coming through me. He says, now, he says, but here's the problem. He said, I don't want you to worry about that. See, he's freeing up in a whole lot of ways. He says, because you keep worrying about where you need to go to worship. And I want to tell you that the hour is coming and now is. That people who live in their truth, who deal with the truth, who can bring the truth to me, can worship wherever you are. See, when he says, hey, listen, for the Father is seeking such to worship him, 
Oh, no, he says, it, now is the time when true worship will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The word truth is uh, the word in the Greek aletheia, which means as not concealed. He says, now we can talk about worship for real, ma'am, because we are dealing with the deep places of your life that hinder you from worshiping in a pure manner. And I love it because ain't nobody around. Y'all, stop worrying about people. Go in your closet and be real with Jesus and let Jesus change your stuff and your worship is going to go to the next level. You see that? It is even at this place that Jesus is still revealing his needs because at first we understood he needed to go through Samaria. We understood that he was tired and he needed rest. We understood that he was thirsty and he needed something to drink. And now we find that even in this place, he's still revealing the needs because he says, hey, my father is looking for worshipers. He's seeking such. What's the such? He's seeking people who wants to worship at a real place. So now we find out that even the father got a need. And the need of the father is real worshipers. We find this out through a conversation. So now the woman has shifted. She is now the cup that he needed to get his water. She becomes that ladle. Why? Because the Bible says that the woman left her water pot. She had a water pot that she came, it, they, she wore it on her head. And they would balance it and she would bring it, where is, where is Wanda, Wanda, like, is Wanda here? Did she use this at her house? That's yours? Okay, I ain't gonna drop it. I ain't gonna drop it. Oh, it's about to go. You know I ain't got no hat to hold it in place. So listen, the Bible says that she left her water pot. Look, she left what she came with, but ran back to what she normally runs away from. Because the Bible says that she ran back to the city and she was out there by herself because she didn't want to deal with them. So she left what she needed to meet her need because she realized that my need has been met another way. And so now she goes back, listen, to the place where she has the most brokenness. Men. <laughs> the text says that she ran back to the city and said to the men. I don't know. I don't know why she's broken. I don't know what has happened in her life. But we, what we know is she has a history of broken relationships. I would venture to tell you that she's so broken that she's scared to commit at another level. That's why the guy she's with is not her husband, but her common law husband. Because maybe she says, this ain't right for me. I can't do this, but because I'm a woman in this society, I need a man because I can't get a job. So I'm going to live with my boo because I can't trust him to be my husband. She runs back to the very thing that has caused her the most pain. And she says to that thing, come see a man. Y'all see that? I got a bunch of husbands in my history. This is where my source, this is my problem. My problem is men, because see, they want to talk about her moral state. I, I don't know if this woman was a prostitute, and I, very, I doubt it very seriously, because Jesus says, you've had five husbands. He didn't say you've had five customers. He says you've had five husbands. As a result, though, the one you with, there's a breakdown there. She says, I'm going to go back here to these men and tell them, come see a man. I love it because I hear that in a whole different way. Y'all think y'all men. Come here. I, I, I want to show y'all. And here's the thing I like. Listen, I don't care what your background is, how long you've been saved. You still have a mandate from Jesus to tell somebody about him. Because this woman, I don't even know if she's saved yet. You see what I'm saying? Because she goes back to say, come see a man who has told me all that I have done. Here's the question. Could this be 
the Messiah. She ain't 100% convinced. Which says you can still have answers in your head, or questions in your head about this whole relationship with Jesus thing, but there's still a mandate on you. And so now, as a result of this conversation, she runs, and everybody in the city comes behind a woman that they didn't even want to speak to, much less follow. Y'all ready? Conversations with Jesus give you influence like you've never had before. You ready to go deeper in your, in your job? You ready to go further? You ready to be a world changer? Are you ready to be a, 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 a thinker at another level? Have conversations with Jesus. Because you don't have to be perfect to get more influence. These are the elders of the city following this woman. In other words, city council, in their eyes, following a prostitute to a man that she ain't sure of. Because when you start dealing with the truth of your life, you get confidence and influence that you never thought you could have. Well, I mean, think about this. How, how, how much confidence did she have to have to run back to the city and say, hey, y'all need to come out here and see this man? All the stuff that she brought to the well, she left with Jesus. And so now she becomes used by him. Here's the message to that. Jesus wants us to be aware of his needs so he can fulfill ours. But Jesus also wants us to face the truth of our real selves. When we do that, he's going to give you influence in every circle of your life. And it happens with conversations. Who are you? What is your truth? When he says, you have spoken truly, is he talking to you? When he asks you a question about where you are, can you deal with it? Let me tell y'all something. When you go deep with Jesus, he'll take you all the way back to five years old. He'll take you back to that fifth birthday when they told you you was going to get that bike and that bike never showed up. And I know you grown and you be like, I don't need to worry about that because I drive a car. But you know full well that there's something inside of you. You are still sitting at that birthday table waiting for a bike that never came. And as a result, there's some unforgiveness. You don't even know why you have this in, uh, inordinate affection for automobiles. Oh, look at y'all looking at me like, Pastor, what you talking about? You are probably in debt because you pay more for your car than you should. But that's because you needed a car to give you status. That's because you didn't get that bike at five. I know, it's the dumbest thing ever. But the enemy will take anything he can to plant a seed in your life. The kids on the playground called you fat. And now you spend so much money in clothes and makeup because you keep hearing them call you fat. But you are five. You are size five. But in your head, you're still that kid on the playground. That's why we spend that money and work hard to lose the weight before we go back to the class reunion. As if that's going to erase it. That ain't going to erase it. You trying to show them what I look like now. I know y'all thought I wasn't going to make it. You ain't made it because you ain't told the truth about you to you. Them people ain't studying your Facebook page. They know them pictures ain't real. Do you know they ain't real? That's what Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you to mute and silence social media and bring you to a closet to say, let's talk about how you are feeling about you. Somebody told you that you weren't going to be a good man like your daddy wasn't a good man. And now you're fighting that thing. And you're overachieving. 
And when you miss the mark, you beat yourself up and you're halfway depressed and you're thinking about suicide. That's because you got to deal with the truth and tell Jesus, Jesus, they told me I wasn't going to be nothing like my daddy and I believed them. And Jesus wants to tell you, I know you believe them. That's why I'm sitting at the well. I know you need encouragement. That's why I'm thirsty right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because Jesus will allow himself to become needy just to meet you where you are. One conversation with Jesus changed her life. Everybody stay in. Jesus doesn't want to talk at you. He wants to talk to you. And I know y'all gonna think, listen, I have no motives by saying this. I have no motives. But I do want to say to you that there are needs around this church that God has exposed to you because when he exposes his needs, he's ready to deal with yours. He's ready to deal with yours. And what you'll find out, and I, I find it all the time, that I go to places to serve, but when I leave, I've been served. And that's what Jesus wants to do to you. He wants to get you to a place where you're open, where you're ready. Because think about this. When you are positioned to meet somebody's needs, your heart is more open than it is when you're telling them yours. Your heart is open. Yeah, whatever I can do to help you. I'm right here. What do you need? And then when somebody says, what do you need? You all, you're talking about, oh, I'm good. No, you're not. Your light's off and you ain't told nobody. You cried all last night and you ain't told nobody why. God wants to meet you where you are. He wants to heal you in the broken place. Wherever your relationships break down or have broken down, Jesus is ready to deal with that.